issues. Oh, yeah. And I do believe the reunion of the year is about to happen right now. Um, Sarah and Sarah, are you there? Hello. Hello, hello. Hello, thanks hello, for joining Sarah. us. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. Um, is the fan making uh, a lot of noise, or are we good? Ah, no, I can't bad, hear it. it. Yeah. No, that's fine. It's 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 required. Like I'm sitting here, I've got bloody Gareth Grapple Gareth is sending me Instagram photos here of him and the wife in in the back garden in a little pool, and I'm sat here with <laughs> with a single window, thirty degrees in Liverpool, uh, sat in a pool on oh. myself. Thing you do. Well, we're up in my my office. Sarah's called over. It's my first time seeing her since probably 2019, I'd say. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in real life yeah we don't even live that far apart it's just yeah i don't know it's a great pandemic great pandemic apart yeah oh and there we are bringing the series back together on this podcast i'm glad we could do something good today other than all the charity (laughs) stuff obviously as well i've seen you guys are close to your target already which is amazing Mm, where are we martin yeah we're at um let me just click on it here we are i think we're at um 925 pounds so obviously thank you to everyone who's donated so far it's nice emma g and jeff ogden just uh, recently donated so thanks guys much appreciated that's what we want that's oh, a problem so guys obviously not been together since 2019 you obviously used to do a podcast on voices of wrestling uh, for guys unfamiliar with uh, your podcast and what you used to talk on there what was it about and how come you guys uh, sort of like stopped doing it do you want to take the lead yeah, sure. <laughs> so, uh, we were both traveling to a lot of wrestling shows around the world um I went to a lot of WrestleMania weekends, I think it was seven total WrestleMania weekends. We were over and back to Germany twice or three times a year. Sarah was going over a lot to the UK to shows over there, uh, trips to Japan as well. So we're like, hey, look, we're, we're, we're traveling a lot for wrestling. It'd be kind of cool to document this and we're watching a lot of wrestling from like all around the world. But then also at the time, uh, I was very proud of the Irish wrestling scene too. And there was nobody really covering it in podcast form. So it was... We called it Sarah and Sarah Wrestling Around the World. It was mostly focused, I'd say, on Irish wrestling, then also all the other shows that we would travel to and our experiences kind of along the way. And people would love when we would bring our recorder to shows and kind of interview people um, outside shows and get like live feedback on, on what had been going on and so on. So that, that was kind of the team of it. And we also had the same name. Yeah, <laughs> we, we also had the same name. <laughs> I lived really close together, so I never, like we didn't know each other um at all when we decided to even do the podcast we started following yeah. each other on twitter but we we didn't really know each other it's just like hey this might be a funny thing yeah i think like the first time we properly started talking was probably that 16 carat weekend coming march like we had we did like one or two shows before then but i think that was when we kind of really actually started hanging out yeah no it was uh we we both like different types of wrestling too uh, and then there's there's a quite a big age gap as well between those. Like I'm the older Sarah, who's got beautiful Sarah as well, or as she got affectionately known as Fake Sting Sarah. My <laughs> <laughs> original, yeah. Still use that nickname sometimes. Yeah, um, time. But yeah, the guys and voices were really really nice, and like we do, I just floated it to Rich kind of half as a joke, and he was like, yeah, sure, let's do it, and I was like, okay, I guess we're doing it then. 
And yeah, the, like the first couple of shows got like a lot of listeners, like way more than we had anticipated. So we're like, oh, hey, maybe we're onto something here. So yeah, we could, we we did it for as long as we were going to wrestling. And then just a combination of, I was wrapping up post-grad, I was working full-time and then you know, post-grad part-time and then wrestling shutting down. We didn't really have much to talk about anymore. So just came to a halt. Yeah, I think the last show we did was summing up. I think we both went to Japan quite close together in yeah. 2019. And that was the last show that we did together because after that, yeah, there wasn't really much. Like, you weren't going as many shows. There wasn't as many shows that I was going to either. And then just, I suppose, schedules. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think with us, we never wanted just to half-ass a show. We no. wanted to actually, like, something that we actually wanted to talk about. And, like, we kind of just waited for those opportunities then yeah pandemic hit and they never came yeah i haven't been to a show since october 2019 and i didn't even go to too many shows and in 2019 because i was finishing up that postgrad so it came to a halt and it's nearly shows every week for about four or five years and then nothing yeah yeah because um sarah Slime, <laughs> you went to a you went to a japan on your own didn't you i imagine that was quite uh quite uh, um, with- you know I went with one other person who wasn't a wrestling fan and I, I very, very smartly planned it around a G1 finals weekend. Being like, oh, actually, you know when we're going, there's this big wrestling show on. Um, Coincidentally. Yeah, just by chance and stayed in the hotel next to it by chance. Uh, and then in, but, my, but my friend who I went on the trip with then actually came to a few shows and we came back home. Like, I think she really enjoyed, I suppose, the... The, the entertainment aspect of it and the I suppose just live action rather than actually getting into wrestling itself so I'd say it was a, a win but uh, I don't think I don't think we'll be going to shows anymore I don't think she'll be heading back anytime soon yeah I was gonna no. say that's that's not a hobby to be getting any people always talk about that like oh what's the, what's the match or the show that you would get a non-wrestling person into and it's like no do you know what just leave them alone. They're better off. Like they don't, they don't need to be one of us. No, no, they don't. Um, I was actually writing an article for Voices for the ten-year anniversary last night, and um, I talked about like the question was, how did you become a wrestling fan? And I have to say, I became a wrestling fan at such a young age because my older brother and sister were into it that it's always like been a constant in my life. But if I discovered wrestling in my teens or my twenties or even now, there's no way I'd like it. I just mm. wouldn't get into it. Mm. I don't see it. Mm. Yeah, I'm always shocked when like you meet people who like yeah became wrestling fans like even in the last decade or like really for me any point since like you know 2005 like I'm shocked that anyone was made a wrestling fan by by what's out there. It's like yeah, it's uh, it's not the most appealing of hobbies. I think yeah, I'd be the, the thing. same, and I think a lot of people sort of like sneer at it as well, don't they? If you were uh, bring it up in public and stuff, um, but um. So going back to your, your trips to Japan, we had um, John Lister on earlier, and obviously we were talking about, you know, everyone goes to the big New Japan shows and that, but obviously the more fascinating shows are ones that happen sort of like, you know, in, in random venues or warehouses around Japan. Did you guys find that as well, going to uh, going over to Japan, that you'd find, like, the more excitement out of the small shows that you went to? Yeah, I remember I went to an Osaka-style wrestling show and it was the day, I think, of the, the B-Block G1 finals. And I decided to go because one of my favourite wrestlers is Kushibo Kamen. And it was like in the centre of like a random place in Tokyo that was definitely a lot more um, 
it's definitely a bit out of the way and definitely no like sights or sounds of the, of the city that you'd kind of come to know in the center Tokyo and it was in the middle of like it was like an art building in this random hall and it was just plain white and you definitely definitely got some looks going into the building and then even at the show and um, like the the guy who was hosting the show who was also the referee even like pointed me and my friend out being like we were like the fo- first two foreigners to ever go to an Osaka style wrestling show wow. and for that alone, that alone just kind of made the trip you know like that's like a special memory to have what about you, Sarah? Four L, sorry. Um, I know you don't like being called that. Um, but um, <laughs> what, what about you? What about some of the smaller shows that you went to when you were over there? Um, we went to two shows in Shinjuku Face, which is part of a large kind of a building that had different stores and arcade stuff um, like going on. It was like we didn't know where we were going. Obviously, it was in a really busy part of Tokyo, and um, just trying to figure out, like, first of all, where you're going. Then, like, realizing you get into a lift, and there's like a tiny little button with the face logo on it that you press to go up, and it's like crazy. And then, like, you're in a venue that looks exactly like something like from where I'm from, Waterford, like the Forum in Waterford, when wrestling shows used to be on there, this dark, dingy wrestling hall. And it's just weird, like, it's just like the next door down, there's like people playing slot machines, and <laughs> like, like, it's crazy. Um, yeah, so it's just it's just weird to have so so compact, but then it looked like a traditional wrestling venue as well when you got in there. Um, smaller shows, we went to one in a warehouse. It was a wrestling one show, and it was kind of cool. It was kind of like a barn shed with like no one pure seats put into warehouse. Wrestling one. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're getting small. I went to, but yeah, it was like yeah, like a tent, and the outside, the outside of it was. Um, so much open space but i remember all the wrestlers being really huddled together in the merch area and the merch area still being crowded like it is in cork and all everyone jammed into this tiny little space but yet there's like open space for like <laughs> kilometers in every direction of the venue which is crazy but yeah i, I had a great time in japan um i wouldn't say i'm as big into japanese wrestling as, as sarah flando so I, I was brought along by my, my lovely husband <laughs> Um, would you consider going back then, Sarah, you know, post-pandemic, obviously? Yeah, I was hoping to go to Wrestle Kingdom Just Gone, but obviously that didn't happen. And with the state of Japan currently, I don't even see uh, January 2022 happening. Um, but definitely, I think it's on the cards. I'd, I'd definitely be more likely to go to Japan for wrestling shows than I think anywhere else on the planet at this moment, to be honest. I just think it's... You, it's it's obviously very expensive, but it's just bang for your buck with all the shows. I mean, mm. you know, go to show every day on your trip there and still not see every promotion that you wanted to go see. I think it's just it is just incredible. Um, yeah, definitely. I think the when the Sorry. world when the world opens back, can you tell Alan to stop screaming, please? <laughs> I'll close the window. <laughs> the joys of. What temperature is it outside? Like 20, 26, 27? Yeah, it's, it's a hot one, isn't it? That's it's the weather in Japan as well. Yeah. God, oh, oh, yeah. that's prime summertime heat. Absolutely. I was, I just, I'll always remember walking out on my first day being like, I regret coming here <laughs> during the summer. Why did I decide to do this? <laughs> oh yeah, I've heard during the yeah during the G one you've got to go out with about four different t shirts because they'll be covered in sweat by after about an hour. 
oh my god yeah that's why you need a that's why Corican's great if you're staying, you know, if you splash out and stay, I think, in the Tokyo Dome Hotel, because you can just run over, change back out to Corican for more shows. It's pretty much perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I was taking four showers a day. It was just gross over there. And I wasn't there in peak heat like you were. I remember telling you, don't pack jeans. Just get nice, light, airy trousers to <laughs> Just pack the suitcase with them, because I brought one pair, and I, like, lived in them over there, because that's it's just gross best advice I've ever gotten to yeah. be honest yeah. yeah it's like going to WXW comfortable trainers that's the best advice I ever got about that like yeah just be be prepared for a lot of standing like that's always a rule over there as well Crocs with socks is what I've been told for WXW I have oh wow made. that's a tip yeah, yeah that's a tip for uh 16 carat weekends is Crocs and socks that's what the Germans do I mean I'm not the most person in the world but I feel like that's a massive fashion profile. I don't know if I could do that <laughs> when in Germany <laughs> yeah when in Germany do as the Germans do but I mean we've met some up there WXW I think obviously you guys have been taking trips there you know for a number of years you know pre-pandemic but obviously you know the bowling nights you know you know really successful and have you run two of those so far and then obviously just your history with sort of like you know wxw going over to germany and you know how it's changed over the years yeah um i first went in 2004 um over to not 2004 sorry 2014 um to 16 card and i didn't like it at all um i was brought by alan i just whatever about it, i I didn't really like it. I, I didn't like Axel Dieter Jr. I remember that much. And I didn't. I was like, no, I'm not going back. And then for whatever reason, I went back. And then from 2015 onwards, like, I thought 2015 was, like, amazing. It was their first time with, like, the big setup. Just the card was really good. And I just got hooked from that 2015 card after really not enjoying it at all the year before. I mean, like, I'm never going back. And, yeah, I just think that was just such a great period for WXW, like 2015 to, to 2018. I would have had them as, like, the best independent company in, in the world. Like, there was nobody doing it better, um, I thought. Like, I, I work, watch a lot of US indies and stuff like that. I just, I, I thought they were, like, top of the game. The Walter matches at the time were just so good. Ilya versus Walter, I know it's a big thing in, in NXT UK now. It has been the past year. But those early matches were just amazing. The whole Ilya story was... I, I just really got into it. I don't think I got into any wrestling promotion. As, as much as I got into WXW, even like going to OTT here monthly and stuff like that, I thought like obviously OTT were great at that time as well. Uh, to have the two of them in parallel at that time was... It was just a really, really great time to be a wrestling fan. Um, when did you first come over there to WXW? My first year was like a lot of other people at Carrot 2018. And um, I remember I first went, I've all, I always wanted to go to WXW. I actually first watched it, I think, in 2009 with some of the talent that they had in 16 Carrot that year. But um, I just remember my friend Jenna was like, I'm going to go to 16 Carrot. Do you want to come? And I was like, yes, because <laughs> I never had anyone else to go with. So I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to go to 16 Carrot. And I think that's just really what kick-started it. I mean, I think anyone who was at that weekend came away either a WXW fan or they were definitely a repeat goer of a WXW weekender because I think it was, I think just the production values alone, never mind the actual in-ring, just really set them apart, I think, from anything that we had seen at the time in Europe. Um, yeah. And like, yeah. it was just flawless. They really are just flawless weekends. Yeah. I think everyone has that same 
first impression, don't they, when they get there and they see the video wall and they, you know, it's like, wow. You know, and especially if you're used to Brit Res or, or, or Irish wrestling, it's like, okay, this is a this is a step above. Um but I was gonna like say like like to Sarah Farrell, like that's you know, Alan had I think been traveling over quite a bit before, you know, even you went yourself. Like is is twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen when you, you saw the change to it being more of a a communal thing, more of a like, okay, there's this big traveling contingent of Irish fan, British fans, and, and other fans and the like, because I'm pretty sure Alan was flying the flag on his own there for a while. He was, for sure. He went, um, only one year I knew him, um, or run out without me, and then we went, and seriously, since the 2014 one, the people from the UK and Ireland who had been going, um, like your Matt, um, Mark Buckley, uh, Martin Bentley, all those guys were kind of there in 2014. Then it started being more and more people coming every year. Kind of, it built up slowly, but everyone who was there in 2014 was still there at the end. So it's just kind of like it rolled over and rolled over and more people told their friends about it and then more people came. And then by the end, there was a serious crew in 2019. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember results trying to get into places to eat and so stuff and it was just it wasn't happening there was, there was too many of us by like the last time we all went we couldn't even have that yeah the, the big meal uh, at, at the end of the uh, the weekend yeah, it just it really exploded um and with that i, I think uh the idea to do the bowling was kind of a way for people to get together and to, to to know each other because there was a lot of people from twitter that were going we didn't really all know each other like the yeah. Brits and then the Irish people and the Germans and like we would follow each other but we we weren't exactly friends there were different groups as well pockets tribes I suppose and it was like the idea was to to just do that and just to bring people together something on the Friday night of um Hand League 2018 yeah it's 2018 yeah it's the first one. 2018 and then some of the wrestlers heard about it and they were like that they kind of wanted to come too um, there wasn't too much. the one them. where we ran Smallman out of business? Was that that one? <laughs> that's that's that the one. one. That's the one we ran Jim Smallman out of town. Um, <laughs> Smallman. That, that was the song on the way over. Yeah. Uh, like, what was it? There was like 45 people there or something like that, but apparently we outdrew Jim Smallman, which is. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> how Well, that's the thing. I think after that, it got that rep then, didn't it? And it started like appeared on the marquee for the weekends and stuff like i don't know like was that was that something you kind of expected to go was that the point where maybe it got a bit too big um because obviously it became a lot to manage for you two like like i remember that second time out it was uh there was a lot going on and it was a busy weekend for you oh god i remember at carrot 2019 and that was the biggest one i think that's when it that was the first we time every lane. Yeah, we so did that every lane we sold out, no super no vacancy, and um, I just remember my, my my highly stressed point was when I'm having the time of my life bowling with Dice Sakamoto. Obviously, if you drinking for confidence to even talk to the man, and someone's bugging me looking for a pen, I was just like, yeah, I do yeah. not care right now. Yeah. Like I like I'm done. Find a pen somewhere else. The pens, the pens didn't work. So we got yeah. Oh my and god. And everyone kept coming up to us individually asking us for pens. I was like, can you just go up to the main desk and ask the man? Yeah. Pen. And I was like, I'm half cut chanting like Dave Deseco mode. Has he can't fit his fingers into the bone? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have shoes big enough for him, did they either? No, he's wearing slides. He was boning in slides. <laughs> 
Uh, that's one of my favourite memories because you were in the lane next to me and it was just like, it's just Daisuke's second moto bowling and he's actually quite good at it as well. It was a, <laughs> it was a great experience. You put me to shame. I think I was, I was so, not terrified, but I was like, because I built it up in my head. I'm like, I'm going to be bowling with Daisuke Sekimoto. Look at me. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be like number one. And then just meeting him and him, like, he's like, oh, Sarah, itchy man. And then I was like, then I shat the bed then. <laughs> I just couldn't. Oh. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I wasn't going to play at all. Because um, I was like, I'm going to just try and help out and, you know, just kind of run this thing and not play. Um, but then you wanted to play. Not you, but you, the wrestler. So I was like, yeah, I'll oh, team yeah. with you. <laughs> so we entered it. And we won. We won our name, so that was... That's pretty that good. Was good times. Yeah, we had every lane was full, super no vacancy at 120 bowlers, but then more people playing on the night. We we added people into lanes for like there to be like eight bowlers on a lane. So yeah, I think we, we did it close to like what 140 maybe. Yeah, I think so. And then the amount of people that showed up just to watch as well, it was crazy. As Gabe Gabe said, congrats on the house. <laughs> 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 Definitely outgrown a lot of indies there. Um, now I remember that was the year. I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's the year where I got myself a trophy. I mean, being in there next to Daisuke, I think that just you know it uh, it motivated me to uh, to do well. Who do, who do you reckon were the best wrestler bowlers then? I think Daisuke's got to be up there. I think uh, I'll make JD Drake. I think is the other one that uh, immediately comes to mind. Dunkzilla and the first one was really good. Oh yeah. Dunkzilla was really good. Dunkzilla and Mort won the first one together. Yeah, yeah. what a team. Dunkzilla. Yeah. But no one beats JD Drake. Was he really good? But JD Drake is a bowler. Like, he is insane. Um, He's better than me, but I, he's, he, like, if you're listening to this, no, you're not. Um, Because <laughs> we just had a massive, massive duel. And, like, still message time to time about bowling. Like, he, he is really, really good. I don't think anyone beats JD Drake. Uh, did you see Nick Gage is a really good bowler? Oh, there you go. Yeah, we need to get him over. Can he come? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> we're, we're never doing another one at wrestlers again. The last one we did was just just fans, and the one we did in yeah. was just so it was like you just kind of whatever that went on. We're like, no, we're not doing wrestlers again. But like Nick Gage could come over. Like, you make an exception for Nick Gage. Like, come on. Or we'll up to him. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Let's not like uh, I want to see what he can bowl. Um, maybe we can hit him up on the the Twitter and see what he bowls and compare him. I've got all the scorecards here from all the tournaments as well. So, book a cameo. <laughs> <laughs> book a cameo. It's the easiest way. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of bowling alleys. <laughs> oh, Paul Arndt. Awesome. Um, <laughs> you're gonna do the bits here. No, I'm not gonna do the bit. Adam told me to do a bit about Paul Arndt from bowling. Apparently, Paul Orndorff owned a lot of bowling alleys. Oh? Yeah. <laughs> There's a little known fact. <laughs> R.I.P. in peace. People <laughs> own gyms, don't they? Not bowling alleys. That's, um, obviously, Paul saw everyone owning gyms and thought, oh, that's too crowded a market. I'm going to start buying up bowling alleys around America. Yeah, that's everyone... a good retired wrestler thing to do, though. I'm surprised there's not more of them. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah's dying. Sorry, sorry. Um, Killing the mood. Killing the mood, sorry. Um, yeah, there is, there's pretty much no bowling alleys left in Dublin now. Right, sorry? Yeah, my bowling alley got demolished there, what, two months ago? 
So I actually I'm currently bowless, as they say. <laughs> no home to go to. Nippies. Yeah, Nippies is my home now. Nippies <laughs> overhousing. Are, are we all going to go back? That's the question. Like, I, I, do you think it'll be the same again? Do you think to think there'll be a, you know, say say there is a carrot twenty twenty two? Do you think everyone's going to come as everyone's love for wrestling been beaten out? Or like, I don't know. Maybe we could all just go to Oberhausen and not do a wrestling weekend. Uh, I wonder what the future is for those big traveling weekends. I think they will go. Um, like WXW at the moment, like the quality isn't great. I, mm-hmm. yeah. Like it's like watching say by the Bell the new class, like compared yes. to the original. You know, there's a few of the old like you got Ricegar playing Mr. Belding and you've got rotations <laughs> still hanging around screeching it up. And you, know, <laughs> and you got all these new guys and yeah, like it's it but it's not bad. Like I was happy with their reaction to the speaking out stuff that they instantly yeah. cut the guys that had any kind of allegations against them and that they did at, at least attempt to start a women's only training session. I know Kelly's had to move on. She's moved countries since, so that that's been kind of like that's no longer going. I don't think. Maybe it is. Maybe Grisker's running it. I'm not sure. Um, but in general, I thought their reaction was good. I thought their statement was good. So I, I don't have like a moral issue to not go to WXW. Um, it's not me putting them on a pedestal either. I make it is when I'm talking, but like I won't be surprised because wrestling, wrestling's hard. But <laughs> 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 but uh, in general, like there's not. A reason for me not to want to go for that type of thing. It's just the quality isn't really there right now. But I think like I've been watching a lot of US Indies, and there's a lot of people I I love to see over at Sixteen Carat. There's people I get excited to see um, Sixteen Carat weekend from the US. There's people I'd be excited to see from Japan. There's not too many from Europe. I mean, Marius Lani. Mm-hmm. We got Reister rotation. That's pretty much it. Like. I mean, I'd still go. I think I think the lack of live wrestling and I think Carrot being 16 Carrot Weekend, yeah. I mean, once I don't have a swan winning, I'll be fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> Happy, you know? Oh, that must have been so depressing. Like, we didn't go because of COVID. I, mean, I cried. You cried? I, I, I cried because I was so unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> you cried because kind of uh, yeah, and not because Speedball didn't win. <laughs> you know what I mean? And because the match is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but like last year, even the talent pool was was short enough. But they got people. Like they had Eddie Kingston, they had Speedball. Like, yeah, I think I think it's just now with their obviously with their relationships now and mm-hmm. everyone being hoovered up by major companies. I think that's going to be the only fork in the road but I'll still go like if Fast Time Moody wins 16 carats I won't be as upset as I was with Karen bring him back he's he's still out there uh, he's out of booking from um remember he was booked for the Cash Grand Prix see there you go yeah <laughs> over who else we get get my new favorite Justin Kyle have you guys heard of Justin Kyle yet no I don't think I've seen him yeah he's like He's not a debt. Ma- he's specific. He's not a debt match wrestler. He's a hardcore wrestler. Oh wow! Okay. And he has the same music as the session lot. <laughs> and he looks like. <laughs> and he's amazing. He's like my new favorite now. So. Get him oh, there you go. There's still names out there, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll. It's one of them for me, especially after this year. You now it's going to be more about the trip. So like, yeah, as soon as um, you know, the trip with a Y and the trip with an I as well. But like when the um. When they open things up, like I, I think definitely that first one. I think we were all. I think even before the pandemic, I think we were all having doubts. Like we all 
remember that moment where uh, we were all stood there when uh, when the Robbie Brookside video uh, played and it was all kind of like, oh, this is what WXW is now. And I think we all kind of had our doubts and I spoke to loads of people at the last one who was like, ah, this might be my last one. But I think after this last 18 months, I think we've all been gifted an excuse for it. All right, let's try it one more time. Let's go. We'll go bowling. You know, we'll have we'll have some drinks. We'll we'll be sound. It'll be it'll be worth it, even just for for catching up with everybody kind of one more time. Yeah, I think that's going to be the main selling point for it. Um, Sixteen carats, just everyone just go because people haven't seen each other in so long. Like we haven't been going to shows. Maybe there's been a sprinkling of shows in some areas, but like people haven't been going to shows. They haven't seen each other. We always have a good time. The best moments Sixteen Carat weekend never happen in Turban Hall, really, do they? Mm-hmm. True. Nah. True. 4 a.m. in the Shrek Hotel. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> uh, percent. Okay, well, well, I mean, what's like? What would you say is your, your about what's your, your best memory from like a WXW weekend? Like, what's the what's the what's the what was the P? Is it is it Ilya Walter? Is it is it the three way with uh, with Bad Bones? He sh- should not be named. Like, what's what's the definitive moment of, the, of uh, Carrot and uh, and Tag League weekends of the last few years? Three way dance. No, it has to be three way dance. Three-way dance. Yeah, that announcement, yeah. And the pop that came after. Yeah. I just remember, it, like, it was nearly, like, I don't, it was like a dream because I've never heard, I've never heard a crowd react like that in my no, life. In my no, life. never. In all the wrestling shows I've been to. In sporting and, events. Like, yeah. It was different than even, like, Ireland scored a goal in, like, the Aviva. It was a yeah. different buzz. It was. And it, it was beyond <laughs> And just it, it it was one of those moments when you kind of when you go off wrestling, I think everyone has those times where you're like, Oh, I'm just not in the mood to watch wrestling or maybe wrestling, you know, it's losing its magic for you. If you stick that on, it's almost like you're watching it for the first time again because it was just such a magical moment. That people embracing and crying and like the fact I just can't get over the fact that they basically made Ilya sit at home for a few months just for mm-hmm. that. <laughs> I think the Ilya Walter final was the best match, but that was by far the best moment. Mm, yeah, Jacoby's last masterstroke probably as well. Um, have we talked you into coming over, Martin? Next match? Oh yeah, well, I've always considered it. It was always a, a weird time for me because um, it always felt when I was going away or doing, you know, a, a non-wrestling holiday sort of thing. But I always wanted to go. I remember um, I, the closest I ever got to going was that year that Tommy End won it. I can't remember what year that was. Was that 2015? Maybe Four. I can't. 14. Um, yeah, ah. that was the closest I came to going. I think. Ah oh, well, we'll get you there one day, mate. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Yeah, do come over if you can and just enjoy the weekend with everyone. How sure. do um, how do the three of you stand on the uh, Bobby Guns chant um, a few years removed? Because that was I remember that was quite controversial coming out. Was that a sixteen carat or a tag league or something? And the the chant that uh, took over the the entire match. I mean, I remember there were loads of split opinions on that one. How does everybody feel about it? You know, years removed now. Sarah Flan started, oh. didn't you, Sarah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, it it started. At Carrot 2018, and it was actually it was actually during Ambition because we were like Bobby Guns is actually really really good, and his name fits with his song, so <laughs> let's gun Bobby Guns, and then obviously it evolved. And looking back, God, we were such such bastards during Bobby Guns. <laughs> Mike Bailey uh, later that night. 
And then when they did the big chant, it, I think it was Tag League when it was the Ilya Bobby Gunn's longest chant ever. I I didn't mind it then because it it actually did feel quite organic. Like it it wasn't um, people going out like, oh, let's do this chant for a really long time because we want to take over the show. But then when they did it, when it was Bobby against Absolute Andy, that's when I was like, okay, guys, we've jumped the shark here. Like, there's no reason for this to be happening. Like, Andy is the mega heel, unless you're sitting in the da section up the top. Like, there's no reason to be cheering Andy here. Um, and that's when I think it kind, of, it kind of got too far. But I really liked the chant for what it was at the time. And it actually brings me back to, like, really good memories in, in 2018. Um, so I'm obviously very positive about it. But, again, I don't know if I'd be going back over and chanting guns, Bobby guns now. I think it's mm. done. It's dead. Dead. Yeah. It's a bit dead. Yeah. It's dead. Grow up, as a wise man once said. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's our great European hope. You know. No. No. Do we have one? Oh, Terry Mo now. Yeah, that's the guy. Show has come over to say Britress. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah, that that's it. They have to import one. That's it. You have, you have to import people to the Arabic. <laughs> In the Great Brit Rest edition. That's what we do. Yeah. I like Marius Lally, defender of mans. But... Mar- well, I, I could never get into him. Yeah, he's all right. I could never. No, he was the one person I was like, oh, nah. Him and Andy, get them back together for, for better. Oh, A4. Bring, yeah, if they bring back A4, I'll be into it. I just... Is he the champion, Marius? I couldn't tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's the champion. It's awful. It's Um, weird for me, obviously, watching WXW from afar, having never gone there live, but um, obviously, outside of the obvious, you know, sort of like Walter and Ilya, and I know Lucky Kid did some tours around, you know, know, UK and maybe appeared for OTT, but some of their sort of like big stars who were so over in Overhausen never seemed to sort of like translate when they came over to, uh, you know, the UK and Ireland. I I don't know, Benno, do you think that's a fair comment that, you know, some of the biggest stars in WXW outside of sort of Walter and Ilya didn't really sort of like translate uh, coming over here and to Ireland? Maybe, but like I would say, you know, Walter and Ilya did and, you know, they're the the kind of main guys um you know as far as wxw bringing the entire product over and doing those those london shows i think they were always pretty well received um you know like i, I probably would have counted tim thatcher as a wxw guy at the time he was doing pretty well in europe as well so yeah i don't really know i mean i think there's a lot of like you know younger talent in in wxw that you know aren't exactly going to make big waves over here but if anything i feel like it was a missed opportunity if i was a brit res company when you know before the bobby gun stuff jumped the shark i would totally have been bringing bobby guns in if i you know at the time ott you know from an irish point of view absolutely should have been you know getting behind some of these lads because you know a lot of the, the traveling contingent was you know like the sarah's coming from ireland and i imagine would have uh, gotten a lot of those younger lads over so i think if anything maybe it's the, the lack of opportunity because i do think yeah there was definitely some acts on those undercards that probably could have offered something to, um, to you know, British and Irish wrestling at that point. I don't know if the Sarahs agree. Yeah, like, OTT didn't bring over many of the WXW people at all. It was just Walter, and of course he got mm. over. It was like the biggest thing then for OTT. And then Ilya was only brought in very, very late before he 
went to NXT UK. Like I think he did a couple of shows and he was super over. The Tarkin Aslan and Lucky Kid, they did one match, did mm. well. I know people talk about there was a lucky a second Lucky Kid match versus Corbin. I wasn't there for it. Uh, that they just always laugh about how much more over and how much better Lucky Kid was than Damien Corbin. It's kind of a talking point. Were you at that one? I don't know. I was at that. I know. I mean, like so. I'm really loud in yeah. general, and obviously at that show, Lucky Kid's going absolutely crazy for him. And the death stares that we all got from Corvin. Because <laughs> obviously, like, they were trying to push Corvin as a singles guy okay. at the time. And he was getting this run and these, I suppose, highlight matches. And then just this enigmatic lucky kid comes in and the whole crowd, because obviously half the crowd on one side were WXW fans and have been traveling and were obviously very familiar with lucky kid. And yeah, like that was it. He just completely destroyed him. Before the match even started. Yeah. Did Killer Kelly even get... Because Killer Kelly was super over. I don't think she ever got an Irish booking. No. No. Crazy. Oh, she she did up north, but never never for OTC. Just one of those small companies up north. Yeah. 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 Same with Fight. They brought over... It was a Jay Skillet and... Um, Rotation. Rotation and... Cance- Cancelled Man. Face. Yeah, like Jay Skillet. <laughs> that could be anyone. <laughs> Julian Pace is what I got booked for Courage Wrestling. Uh, yeah, as well. And yeah. Dragon did, I guess. So yeah, they were, I guess they were over a bit, but Oki never really, yeah. Which remember, Courage, Courage Wrestling, Rest in Peace, were meant to bring over Bobby Gunn's Avalanche. That's true. Who was the third? Lucky. A, a lucky kid. Um, yeah, and that, that was their peak of popularity as well. And then the show got cancelled. Do you know they actually got cancelled for raising money for a children's charity? So you guys want to be careful. <laughs> 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 that was that was Courage Wrestling's biggest crime was uh, donating the ticket sales to uh, the uh, children's hospital around here. Uh, it was tasteless and that they weren't going to do it, but they did. They got accused of like raising money for children's charity and I know people thought they weren't going to give them the money or people just thought it was tasteless to do that for their first show and they pretty much got cancelled for that but they did give all the money to the children's charity and then oh, compared to everything else we have them back on a heartbeat now bloody hell <laughs> they had Pac for his first booking though in Europe <laughs> I want to add that they brought Pac over for and nobody would go because nope. they were bastards for yeah. excuse me <laughs> no, yeah, nobody would go but we were there we saw Pac <laughs> It's great. Uh, we need to do a documentary now, The Rise and Fall of Courage Wrestling. I think it'll be a very different story than it was in the real lifetime. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they were saints, but the reason they got cancelled was really bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in the grand totally. scheme, I think so. Everything that's gone on since, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to talk about um, some of sort of like your, uh, you know, could be WXW, could be, I know you've made trips to America, Japan, you know, mate, Ireland. Um, what's some of your favourite shows that you've, you've been to in your time going to uh, wrestling shows? God. Um, I mean, if the G1 finals, I think for me in 2019, kind of has to be. Um with the, I suppose, the very divisive Kota Ibushi, Jay White main event. But um, before that, the Shibata run-in, hitting Kenta with the hesitation dropkick uh, that completely blew the roof off the place. I mean, that's 
cemented in my head as one of my, I suppose, one of my all-time favorite wrestling memories. Um, and then in a, as a really kind of odd one, I suppose, um, I went to Ring of Honor in Liverpool in 2017, but I purely went to see Hiromu um, on the card. He was in like a throwaway four-man match, but um, I think seeing him, I suppose I can kind of tick that box that I got to see him live because obviously he was still injured when I went to Japan. Um, I think there will be my top two. I mean, I've, I've been to so many kind of, not throwaway shows in the UK and Ireland, but um, I mean, the list of people that we've got to see over the years, I think is kind of crazy. But yeah, I think show-wise, they're definitely my top ones. Yeah, I, I find it hard to like narrow it down. I think my first kind of proper exposure to international um, independent wrestling would have been WrestleMania weekend 2012 and I saw the Dragon Gate USA shows and I was just completely blown away by those shows. I remember becoming like a massive Rich Swan fan, loving Tozawa, El Generico, all those guys. I was like, this is crazy. Like I've never seen anything like this before. So those ones really kind of stick in my mind um, from that weekend to just kind of introduce me to it. And then going on from there, some of the WrestleMania weekend shows were like amazing. Like I have great fond memories of Evolve shows and I know everyone kind of laughs at Evolve but some of those San Jose shows the match between like Timmy Thatcher and Tommy End and Chris Hero and Thatcher and like they were just like amazing shows in front of like tiny crowds like and you kind of get so used to like the WXW production values and even the OTT kind of crowds that are so you know loud and passionate and then you go sit in the crowd evolve and it's kind of like pretty much dead but then the wrestling's amazing and you're mm. like why is nobody reacting the way they would at home to the stuff i've seen daisuke sakamoto and Sawa and those guys wrestling weekends and like there's like 40 people there and it's completely dead <laughs> it's like it's just it's i remember watching a show with alan and uh matthew and it was just pretty much us standing there <laughs> yeah like <laughs> Many other people, and it's like got Daisuke Sakamoto on the show, and yeah, it's like everyone could hear everything Matthew was shouting. Was like, so <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a match between Sammy Guevara and uh, and uh, Chris Dickinson. I also re- remember Matthew shouting uh, the Dirty Daddy and the Sexy Son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like so all those memories. Like those shows were great, but yeah. I don't know, like going to Japan as well was crazy, going into Cork and all for the first time. Again, yeah. especially my first time over there. I was I wasn't a massive Japanese wrestling fan. I was I was brought along, you know. <laughs> I think that feeling though when you walk in, I, I I think it doesn't matter if you're a wrestling fan or not, you can kind of just get the sense that it's special, like going up the stairs and stuff. Mm. You know, seeing all the names and, and all the different things, like and then buying your chicken <laughs> <laughs> and your highball stand. It's just yeah. That was special. Yeah, this is special. Like the, the two Dragon Gate shows I saw in there, like definitely very like she's just amazing stuff. Um I, I'm I'm awful. I'm I am i am not gonna give you like a match and a rundown, but like seeing Dragon Gate for the first time was yeah, that was amazing. Because like that's the company I, I kinda latched on to from Japan. That's the one that, that got my attention from those Dragon Gate USA shows the years before. Um but yeah, I'd say for me the top shows for me were the Carrot Weekends. Yeah, it's, um, I always found with WrestleMania weekends, it was a tricky one because obviously there's so many shows going on and you, you're just racing from show to show to show that they kind of all just blend into one. I don't know if you found that. So even matches that you sat there in the crowd going, wow, this is incredible. 
And then, you know, five minutes later, you've forgotten it because you've raced across Florida or whatever to another show. Yeah, that's it. And, like, we were trying to fit in, like, three shows a day, which is very doable at a WXW weekend because they're all in the same venue. And, mm. like, you can decide the venue. But when you're a WrestleMania weekend, you're trying to get across town. And in my younger years, it was fine. <laughs> but the last time I did it, oh, it was rough, especially when they started putting on midnight shows and just... Yeah, it was, it was too much. Um, Were you there for the spring break shows, the Joey Janela ones? I was. I was there for the first two uh, Joey Janela spring breaks. Um, the first one, I got a bruise on my knee, which I still complain about to this day. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Kingston gave me a bruise on my knee, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was that was a crazy show. I didn't know what to expect. Uh, the crowd were just so up for it, for that one. And, again, that was like being at home. It was like the crowd are really up for this, this show. It was crazy. I, I don't think anything was any good on that show. Like, I have no memories of any good matches from that show. And then the second one was in a bigger arena. It was crowded. The amount of people that they drew compared to the Evolve shows mm. early in the day was crazy. But they went super long and I fell asleep at one stage and I was a bit to cry when I knew there were no taxis back into the town centre and actually Gabe gave us a lift. <laughs> yeah, we got... Was the second uh, one with I... Great Sasuke against Janela main event? Yeah, and the... was he doing he was doing karaoke. Yeah, he was like, it's my life. <laughs> yeah, he was doing karaoke. I was like, this is like the most amazing thing ever at home. I'm like, I've been yeah. sitting here since noon. It's 4 a.m. I have no idea how I'm getting home. I'm fit to cry. <laughs> I remember that so well because I was living my best life. I had just woken up and I watched it. <laughs> watching Sasuke and I'm there tweeting away this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life and everyone in the venue like I want to die please make this end so I can go home how am I going to get home Joey Janela why nowhere there was one hotel near there that we weren't staying in and there was no taxis I thought we were screwed I had no idea how we would get home and just lucky we got cheeky and we jumped in the car gate we didn't really get much the choice in the matter. It's like Gabe, we're going with you. And Gabe once gave me a, gave me a lift to the airport. As uh, I can report, the back of his car was filled with McDonald's wrappers. I don't know if it was the same for you. Maybe he just had a busy weekend. I don't know, but uh, that was my experience. He drove he drove me around Philadelphia on the way to the airport, showing me the sights in the uh, in the drive along the way. Um, he was nice enough to meet up. Yeah, you see, like, people give Gabe a hard time and maybe he deserves it for certain things. But he never pretended to be anything other than a bollocks. I mean, he give you a lift, so, I mean... <laughs> Take that. Better than some. Totally. <laughs> yeah, me, uh, me, Joe Lemon, John Pollock and Waiting were all at that Janela show, and I just remember just Joe just going... Because it, it was the rumble that killed it, weren't it? You couldn't hear the the entrance themes and then you couldn't hear what they were saying on the thing and then it just seemed to go on forever and i remember like every five minutes in that sasuke match joe was because joe was driving so he was like do you want to go now do you want to go now and i just think it became a test of wills for people didn't it because it was just like no i'm going to stay to the end of the show and then i think they closed the bar like an hour before the end of the show and stuff so i think we ended up missing the uh the uh, karaoke bit, and it's like you say, I had Benno and seeing everybody else going, this is amazing, I'm sat, you know, eating my breakfast watching this, and we were just like, no, this is the worst show we've ever been to, just because we've fallen asleep <laughs> and we can't keep our eyes open. I didn't know you were there as well, oh my god. Were you staying back in the town? 
Yeah, right, it was New Orleans, weren't it? That was the annoying thing about any of those, um, what, what did they call WWN Live? They're always, it, we went to the one in Orlando as well, and WrestleCon's brilliant, isn't it? Because it's like banging the town centre and you can just walk to it from your hotel and then anytime Gabe runs a venue, it's like, you know, it's not even still in New Orleans. I think it was in like a, a little town on, on the outskirts of New Orleans. So um, it is it is good that Gabe did, you give, did give you a lift because I can't imagine any sort of like Uber drivers going all the way out there at like five o'clock in the morning or whatever it was. For the amount of people that were out there as well. And everyone was drinking, so they weren't driving like it was. Oh, yeah. Crazy. It's a great weekend though, but um, obviously, you know, it's just one of those shows that you sort of experience rather than enjoy, didn't it? But um, I mean, obviously, <laughs> your guys' interests don't just lie in wrestling. Obviously, you're big music fans, and I know um, Sarah Forel, you've been over to uh, the UK for Download a couple of times. Um, did, was um, Download um, Pilot not sort of like something you could go to this year? Is there no sort of like pathway between Ireland and England? Because I know you've been, uh, you and Alan have been a few times to Download, haven't you? Yeah, um, I went a couple of times myself before I knew Alan when I was really big into music and I'd go for the the whole camping experience with, with friends. And, um, yeah, I, I really like the whole festival vibe. I think I've been to download like five, six times. Um, yeah, kind of like the the rough side of it. But then when Alan was going, it's like, no, we're getting a hotel. <laughs> There's no way I'm camping. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, he was able to get the press passes through um, Fighting Spirit magazine at the time, which was great. So, like, we had luxury when we were there, um, like, access to the press uh, areas with nice toilets and special food nice. vendors. And, yeah, so, and we had a hotel as well and a rental car. So, when Alan did it, he didn't really do it. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm Hardy. I've been to download this. Don't listen to him. <laughs> He had a rental car, a hotel, press passes, <laughs> toilet passes, everything, me making him pack lunches. Yeah, it was, it's not the same. But um, we went for the wrestling. So we went for um, Progress the first time when they were running there. And then the second time it was NXT. Not even NXT UK at the time, it was just proper NXT were there. And yeah, it, it was good times. Um, I would say I'm not as much into music as I once was. Like back when I was like late early twenties, I went to so many gigs. I was big into kind of the metal scene, industrial music, all that stuff. Going to smaller gigs and download it was like a really big highlight of the year for me. But again, it became kind of like I guess what Sixteen Carrots is going to become. Like it's just about going and meeting people and having that weekend. Sure, that about. Um, how did you find the, the the pilot this year compared to, to previous years? Oh, it was absolutely brilliant. Cause it was a load of bands that would have never sort of like seen the light of day on the main stage. And so they were all, you know, obviously up for it because it's the first time they've done a gig in 16 months. And also, you know, kind of like a proving point to them that, you know, we deserve to be on the main stage. So everyone was up for it. Everyone was in a really, really good mood. There were no sort of like download dickheads there. Everyone was like, you know, we we're just having a great time. Yeah, and it was brilliant. But um, I suppose, Sarah Flan, you... you uh, you've been to quite a few live gigs in Dublin. Is it becoming an issue now that they seem to be knocking down a lot of the venues in Dublin that like that some smaller bands could be playing? You know, because I know obviously OTT used to complain that they were struggling for venues, and it seems that um, you know from the outside looking in, you know, a lot of um, the smaller venues are getting bulldozed in and replaced with flats and the like. Yeah, it's becoming a massive issue, I think, because really, obviously, there's the three arena, which everyone plays. And then kind of there's no, I suppose, mid-sized venue anymore. You know, they're like, Tivoli obviously used to host a lot of gigs as well. 
and then like all there is is the academy and then the academy the smaller version of it there's kind of no middle ground in Dublin anymore for any gigs um, it's, rough, it's, yeah. it's really it's really bad and it's it is becoming a massive issue because I think a lot of bands probably aren't going to be able to come over anymore because like there's the Olympia as well but I'm pretty sure their fees are massive yeah no it's it's um an old theater that's smack bang in the center um there's no yeah. mid-sized venue really so do you're big enough to play the outdoor arenas like the, the sports stadiums ga places or the yeah. Viva, or you're in the tree arena which is massively expensive as well massively expensive and then the smaller it's going to be really small it's going to be like a pub kind of a, a pub size yeah. venue there's nothing for the people who would like do a thousand they're the yeah. best gigs like the gigs with a thousand people two thousand people are the best coming up and stuff yeah when a band's coming up and like you know breaking it big and you go and see them you know just before they're gonna play a three arena or another arena and you're just, wow you know this is this is amazing yeah like i'm not from dublin and most of my friends don't like from home they don't live in dublin and most of them would actually go to the uk to see gigs before they'd go to see gigs because it costs less to get yeah. the flight in the hotel in like they'd go to Germany or Amsterdam or over to the UK because they get more bang for their buck like they they yeah. just wouldn't Dublin with the prices that hotels were as well at the time so it became people outside of Dublin in Ireland would go to the UK for gigs rather than go come here which is sad. It's like that's true in the UK as well though to be honest I remember I wanted to go see Bonobo he's a DJ and he was playing in um, Nottingham and if it, it worked out like the the price it would have cost me to get the train there in the hotel. It was the basically cheaper. So he was playing Poland. He was playing uh, Warsaw the weekend before to fly to Poland, get a hotel for the weekend, get the gig ticket, and have a weekend in Poland. You know, <laughs> like that was a better experience as well than uh, than going up to Nottingham. No offense to anyone from Nottingham. God, I've never realised my privilege right now than having getting to live in Dublin and being a twenty minute bus journey away from oh, you don't even know. Yeah. Practically like... every single gig I've ever <laughs> wanted to go to, I've managed to go to unless tickets sold. Yeah. Yeah. My my gig days I wasn't living in Dublin yet, so it was always a crappy hotel somewhere in the city centre on student, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Good times, but it definitely I felt like in the last kind of year or two before the pandemic, that's what my friends who were still big into music were doing. They weren't, they weren't coming near Dublin. No, yeah, I think it's like Benno says, it's getting to be the same over here as well. But um, I suppose um, coming up to the hour, but um, I just wanted to say thank you, obviously, for reuniting and coming together during the pandemic to uh, come on and, um, and help raise money for this charity. I really appreciate you guys uh, both taking your time out to come on today. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And I mean, it was easy for us because we're both double vaxxed. We're all good to go. You can meet in person, even if case numbers are rising. Can't, can't scare us away. Yeah, it was really nice for you to have us on, especially with the, the great guests you have as well. Like, it's like crazy that we've got an invite. Uh, so thanks so much. I can see that you're very close to hitting your target. You're like 50 pounds away now. So hopefully people will So get them. donating, people. Yeah. Sure. Thanks, guys. Uh, hope you have a great rest of your evening. Uh, no, great thank chat you. to you Thanks guys. For coming on, yeah. Hopefully, see you in Germany or somewhere else uh, before then. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see each other again someday. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> Definitely. See you guys. Yeah. Thanks. Guys. All right, bye, guys. Bye. 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 Oh, that was brilliant. Hopefully, that's inspired them to uh, do some more shows again. Because I always enjoyed their uh, podcast they used to do on Voices of Wrestling.
Oh, that's what the world needs. The uh, the two Sarahs bat together, burying the uh, the world of wrestling and uh, and everything going on going on among it. Yeah, I think there's a a real uh, space in the in the podcast world there that needs filling. That's hope we are as the uh, as the wrestling world comes back to life. Yeah, maybe we maybe we've started something there. We can uh, we can get the two Sarahs back on the airwaves. Yeah, that would be absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, so are we close to the target? Are we, are we hitting a thousand? Are we? Are we uh, let's have a look. Let's have a look. Yeah, we're on nine nine hundred and fifty five. Wow, that's so good your going. prediction of us hitting it just before uh, Wayne and James Ting come on, maybe uh, coming to fruition, Benno? There you go. Wayne and James will be our, yeah, our, our lucky two um, who will uh, yeah, get us past that. So, yeah, if you're out there and you're, you haven't donated yet, and hopefully if you're enjoying this content, it's a, it's a, great, it's a great cause. So, yeah, we appreciate any and all donations. I just, I just really loved having them two on again. Like I said, I used to be a big fan of the podcast, so it was just so good oh. hearing them back. Totally, yeah, and you know, obviously talking about those Germany memories as well, and WXW weekends. Like, make no mistake, like you know, the series are at the very centre of what makes those weekends good. Like, hundred percent, like the 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 bowling tournaments themselves, but just generally, like, kind of like everyone, like everyone gravitates towards the uh, the two series and uh, and their crew. And it is like if anyone has ne- never been to a, a big Germany WXW weekend, there, don't you know? Come on your own. Plenty of people do, and uh, plenty of people make friends while they're there, and it is an amazing communal experience. But it wouldn't be what it is without uh, without those girls and the uh, and the bowling tournaments and and the like that they uh, they put a lot of uh, unpaid work uh, into making sure it happens. Yeah, it's wild that they used to get all the wrestlers like involved. I know they said they were moving to more towards like you know having it you know a fan tournament, but yeah, it used to be. Uh, I suppose were people um, sort of like matched up with wrestlers when they were involved in the tournament who did you get matched up with i know you've done it a couple of times haven't you yeah i mean last time um we were there we did like a it was kind of like a like my lane we weren't really a team but it was like on the on the non-wrestling side it was uh it was me it was snowboy and it was uh alan cheap shot so if we were a team, you could call that team Team Twitter. I think. Uh, I think that would be a, <laughs> a, fair, a title for our for our uh, our little team there. But you know, that was the uh, that was the tournament where obviously we had um, JD Drake um, on our lane, and you know, let me tell you, like JD Drake, everything the girls just said was 100% true. That man is a professional um, bowler, and he uh, he, he smashed uh, he smashed through a lot of us and me. I'd had one year where I'd done particularly well, and like I say, finished in the uh, in the medal positions. Whether I was just uh, intimidated by JD Drake and how good he was, but had a, a terrible terrible year um, that year. But yeah, there's there's always that. So it was always star studded, and it was always you know a nice friendly atmosphere. But Obviously, yeah, going forwards, yeah, I think it's probably uh, best to uh, to keep it to fans with uh, with everything there from the last 18 months. Yeah, exactly. That's very true. And um, from bowling to uh, the man himself, 